Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. This is Luis Sanchez. I'm here with my co-host. Hey, I'm Scott Callentine. Welcome to the episode. Let's get started. Hey you guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple. We have a good friend of ours, Carlos Pinero, all the way from Texas. Carlos, say hello to the people. What is going on, guys? What is going on, Luis? Yeah, Great dude. to hear you. Great to talk with you. Uh, man, love what you guys are doing. So glad to be here. Yep. Cool, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and what ministry looks like these days for people who may not know you. Yeah. Well, again, my name is uh, Carlos. I live in Arlington, Texas, which is right in the middle of Dallas, Fort Worth, in the heart of uh, the North Texas area. Uh, so we are um, launching or we've been launching the last uh, last couple years a microchurch network uh, here in DFW that we call Citizen House. Um, we really refer to this as a as a family of micro churches. Um, we began experimenting with that kind of concept while I was on staff at uh, another church here locally. And then about a year ago was sent uh, to focus more of our time and efforts on really multiplying this movement um, here in Dallas, Fort Worth. And so it uh, has not been too long. We're trying to figure this thing out like everybody else, but we've seen uh, just the Lord's hand in everything that we're doing. We feel like this is a direction the spirit is moving in across the world in the United States and even here locally in North Texas. And, and we're just trying to follow the spirit and make disciples and see the kingdom come um, in new ways right in our own backyard. That sounds a little familiar to, That's right. to our own story. Um, Citizen House. I love, I love that name. That's a great name. How'd you get to that name? Well, Ephesians 2 is uh, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Maybe it is my favorite chapter. Um, but when we were thinking just about how do we talk about the gospel uh, in our context, particularly amongst uh, younger people or uh, amongst people who might not attend local churches, just the language of identity, uh, we believe is incredibly important. It's it's. It's something that everybody's talking about. How do we find our identity? How do we discover our identity? How do we live our identity? You hear that everywhere in culture, but the gospel of Jesus really informs and tells us where our identity is really found, and that's in the person and the work of Jesus. And uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, the beginning of that says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but of course, Jesus Christ made you alive. Um, and he says, you are workmanship. So our identity as new creatures comes from our belief and our trust in what Jesus has accomplished for us. But the cool thing uh, that I really love about that chapter is it says, yes, that's for you and that's your identity as an individual, but it's also your identity is given to you by the blood, by the death, by the resurrection of Jesus as a corporate body, as the church. Um, and it says in the second half of that chapter that you are aliens, that you are strangers, but because of the blood of Jesus, you are now citizens, members of God's household being built together into a dwelling place, which is the temple, the dwelling place of the spirit. Um, and so the, the New Testament a lot of times we look for these definitions of church and we want to find like a, a seminary textbook definition that's, you know, like a paragraph long. And the Bible doesn't really give us that. It gives us metaphors for the church. And I love how that passage, it just jams three metaphors together in like one sentence. And those three metaphors are your citizens, your members of a household, that's a family, and you're a temple. 
Um, and so th those three metaphors for us are incredibly important for what the church is um, and what we want to live out. Uh, so citizen has to do with our relationship with the world, that we're people who live on mission for the kingdom of God and not for our own agenda or for the kingdoms of this world. Um, a family, we serve, we love one another. That has to do with our relationship with uh, others in the body of Christ. Um, and a temple has to do with our relationship with God. And so when we came to citizen house, because one, well, you have the citizen language, but house is actually, you see biblically a metaphor for both a family and a metaphor for the temple of God, the dwelling place. Um, and so that's how we arrived at, at citizen house. And it just, it provides a launching place for us to talk about who we are in Jesus together. It also provides a launching place for us to talk about what is our minimal ecclesiology or what is just the simple, irreducible minimum of church for us. And um, it helps us in both of those purposes. Awesome. Wow. We've used some of that language there, ecclesiology. We call them our irreducible minimums. Yeah. Um, I love that language and the idea of the citizen house from, I mean, from scripture and from Ephesians too. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more specific, some of your origin story? You, you briefly mentioned it here in the intro, um, but how did you guys get to a place of doing a, a micro church network? And then if you're, if you're able and willing, what are some of those irreducible minimums? Yeah. So it, it's been a process. You know, I wish I could say, man, just one day the Holy Spirit was like, do this. And we did it immediately. That's just, that's not how it happened for us. Uh, the truth is I've been involved in different ministry roles and different um, locations. My wife and I, when we got married 12 years ago, we wanted to get the heck out of Texas. Like we were trying to go to Southeast Asia or move to, you know, some godless place like Seattle, I don't know, or someplace else. <laughs> we, 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 uh, so we went to, uh, we went to Denver. Um, we were there for a couple years and we were in inner city Phoenix serving in ministry for a couple years. But after we had Jaden, uh, our first son, we moved back to Texas kind of kicking and screaming. It's, it's like, my friends say it's like my Nineveh. Um, and I think in, in coming back here, the Lord began to open my eyes to a lot of the needs and some of the gaps in ministry in my own backyard uh, that I just didn't see until I left and came back for a season. And so uh, for us, um, for both my wife and I, we thought we would plant a church. That's been something that's been on our heart or we'd be involved in, in missions. We wanted to, to live in kind of this sentness, if you will. We just didn't think that would be here. Um, we served uh, on staff at a church uh, locally, which we didn't expect to, um, a, a larger church, multi-site church. They're our primary sending church. We still have great relationship with them. And I was serving um, as a missional communities pastor. And so I helped the communities there live in more uh, kind of a, a missional posture and outreach oriented posture and launching new missional communities. And really in doing that for several years, the Lord just kind of kept pressing us in that direction. Um, I think for a few reasons. One was we just saw how the Holy Spirit was moving inside of those communities and in our own home. Um, we've just seen the Lord work and move in these just kind of simple, I would say, expressions of church uh, and inviting people into community that might not step foot in a local church. Uh, just my own kind of gift set and postures to start new things. So that gave a way to start uh, uh, many new things in new places. And so that was kind of a, a driver. And then we're also just seeing just kind of the momentum of simple churches and disciple making movements picking up and really just feeling this this pull by the Holy Spirit to say, man, this is the direction I'm moving in. This is where I've moved in your life. Maybe you need to move more towards this. Um, and so 
uh, about two years ago, we gathered a group of people together, uh, about 12 people from our sending church and uh, from outside of that. And we just said, hey, we have this idea. Uh, we're thinking about starting these these simple churches or micro churches, whatever you want to call them, uh, to reach people who aren't going to come to a, to a gospel preaching church. And we love our church. We love these other churches. The truth is there are great churches in Dallas, Fort Worth. You can, you know, you can throw a rock and hit a mega church with a fantastic preacher, like, you know, Matt Chandler or somebody like that. Like there's these great places here, but there are literally millions of people who aren't going to step foot inside of those churches. What if we formed simple communities that would specifically minister to them? Let's pray about that. And so we, we got together in our living room and we prayed about that and asked the Holy Spirit if that's what he wanted us to do. And that's all we did for about six months. Um, another big part of that was uh, just praying over the different giftings that the Lord had given those in those rooms and laying hands on one another. And really through that process, we said, yes, we believe the Holy Spirit is in this. We believe that as a community, he wants us to step into this ministry. Um, and so at the beginning of 2020, we said, okay, let's go for it. So we started inviting some other people in. COVID happened and uh, it actually accelerated a little bit of our our some of our prayers or some of the things that we were praying for uh, started happening the same time this this tragedy happened. Because what we found out was the people that we were praying for were isolated, but open to spiritual conversations. And so that was actually the start of our sending of a, of a second microchurch. Uh, we sent out a third one that next uh, summer. Um, and then other people were just interested in the conversation because churches are not able to meet in buildings. And there's, there's all these questions about how do we do church simply and cheaply. And I got people asking me questions that, Hey, you've been doing this before. And I'm like, have I, I mean, I, we've been praying about it, but, uh, really the Holy Spirit's doing something. We're just kind of jumping in to, to what we thought he was telling us to do. And, um, just naturally society and people started asking those questions. So at that time, about a year ago, a uh, year and a half ago, uh, the pastors, other pastors at Fielder said, hey, Carlos, we can tell that the Spirit's moving in this direction, that he's moving your family in this direction. It's our heart to be ascending church and to plant other churches. And so we want to send you guys out as church planters uh, to be able to focus more of your efforts and energy on creating these uh, micro churches and helping them uh, work together uh, in this new movement. And so it's been a journey. It's been scary. It's not been the way that that we've anticipated this whole thing fleshed out. And there's a lot of things we're trying to figure out. Um, but that's, that's how we got to where we are today. And, and we're, again, we're still learning, we're still growing uh, and praying for more uh, micro churches to emerge here in the area. I think of, when I think of micro church and when I think of simple church, and I think of Texas, I, man, dude, like tell us what that's been like like trying to do micro in a place where macro is king, you know, like, like you said, you could hit a mega church with an amazing, like audience that is all over the world. Right. Uh, right. I mean, I'm thinking Jake's and others like right in your backyard. So what's that been like? Like, has it been easy? You know, what, what's that been like? You know, the, the truth is, is, we don't think too much about us competing with larger churches or more established churches or what is it us against or trying to do something differently than the large churches. It, for us, it, that just hasn't been the focus. It's been more of a mission oriented. 
how do we find and how do we disciple the people who have no interest in those other churches as great as they are and as awesome as their ministry are and many of them are doing great ministry um, across the metroplex praise the lord like we, we want to see the kingdom uh, grow in a bunch of different ways from a lot of different types of churches uh, we can praise the lord for that but i think what a lot of people don't realize is that there seems to be hidden needs in our city that a lot of times um just aren't noticed uh inside of the church culture inside of the the bible belt type of type of world um, and so you can think about it this way particularly in dfw it's an incredibly diverse region this is one of the most diverse regions in the entire country the latest statistics uh, i believe said that houston is the first most diverse major city in the the country dallas is number four arlington which is where i live right next to dallas is number seven Fort Worth was somewhere around 10 or 15, something along those lines. Um, we have multiple of the fastest growing counties in the country right here in North Texas. Uh, I live a few blocks from the fourth most diverse college campus in the country. And it's as diverse as it is primarily because of international students. And so there are an incredible amount of A, different people groups, two, people moving to the region, um, and three, diversity uh, because those who are um, used to live in inner city regions or more impoverished regions are moving out into the suburban areas, which we just have sprawl of suburban areas. And so there's this increasing diversity, increasing number of people um, who are lost here, but there's still enough cultural Christians to fill the churches. And so I I just believe there's this there's this large need to plant different types of churches that are very contextualized to all these different people groups and all these different neighborhoods and the diversity that we have in DFW. Um, and so when we speak that language and we speak missionary language into those places, it just, I don't think it competes with, let's say the larger church or the larger church that even preaches the gospel uh, that has great ministry. Cause we're saying, Hey, again, we're, we're trying to minister to those who, um, who aren't, who aren't going to go there. Um, at the same time, you know, it's, uh, it's difficult. The difficult part of that in our area is that it's so, it's so different, right? So I think it makes a little more sense. Or when people think of these innovative expression of churches, they tend to think, Hey, that's going to happen in the Seattle or the Portland or the San Francisco, or, you know, these other cities that are maybe more post-Christian, um, don't have as much church attendance as maybe we have in Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, and so it's a little odd. So a lot of the language that we're using is new to so many people uh, in DFW, but the need is still so incredibly high and we feel called to step into that. Are you saying that the, the need is high, but sometimes it's harder, you know, I'm wondering, you know, to gain some credibility among the Christians about the work that you guys are doing. Would you say that seems to be true? Uh Somewhat, I think, I think people get really excited in the established church or in the legacy church when they hear about what we're doing um, because we speak missionary language and a lot of the churches are really passionate, uh, especially in the Baptist tradition, which is the church that, that, that we were sent from. People get excited about that missionary type of language and going after you know people groups. Um, who are either different or might not be attending the established church. So people get excited about that. But when it comes to the daily, what does life in church look like? That language and that conversation is, is pretty new. It is pretty different. 
So when, when we start talking about, yes, we want to reach these people, but the truth is I don't have a weekly Sunday morning gathering. Then it's kind of like, well, that's, that's, that's different. Or I, I really don't hear negative comments about that, but that's where I get more questions because just church looks so different for us than it does the far, far majority of churches in the area. In, in some ways, I think we could relate to some of that, but with Citizen House um, and what you guys are doing, and you've talked about a few different micro churches having been launched, what does discipleship look like for you guys? So we, we really emphasize uh, discipleship in community. And so it's, it's really part of our creed that everybody in, in our family of churches, we want to uh, be disciples and make disciples in the context of community. And so we stress a lot of life on life type discipleship. We want people uh, living life together in either in their neighborhood or in their network of relationships that they are uh, ministering to and really kind of rubbing off and learning from one another as they're seeking to follow Jesus um, and, and they're seeing one another uh even more than than once a week if you're really living life uh with those folks and so particularly all of our um micro churches they have a weekly gathering or weekly meeting uh right now in in homes or online um is how those are those are working uh each of those gatherings they may approach even the bible a little bit differently uh, but most of them are discussion oriented to get people trying to to think and to discover the truths of jesus for themselves and then apply them um, in their own lives. And so there's, there's of course, that gathering. Uh, but then also se- we have several uh, groups and several people who have done what we call identity groups, going back to a lot of our identity language. Uh, we say, hey, do you, do you want to get together maybe two or three guys or two or three girls? And let's talk about who we are in Jesus. And so those groups might get together or be texting one another and just a, even a smaller kind of discipleship gathering to say, hey, how are you following Jesus this week? How are you becoming more like Jesus? And how are you obeying him and doing the things that he does, which is really our definition of, uh, of a disciple. And so both through the micro church kind of primary environment and through these smaller um, discipleship environments, again, we want to help people become more like Jesus and live in the identity that he made them to be. When you we're, we're talking about discipleship, how would you define disciple? So we point um, a lot to just Jesus's call to his disciples when he said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And we use that as our definition of a disciple because it, it really points to that uh, threefold uh, calling of a follower of Jesus. The first thing is to follow Jesus, to become like Jesus, to do what he does. So a disciple is somebody who's following Jesus, becoming like him, and who does what he does, which is really about engaging in the mission of Jesus. Uh, to kind of flesh each of those kind of three parts out a little bit, uh, when we talk about following Jesus, we're talking about, I mean, listening to him. Uh, the disciples, they literally walked around with Jesus everywhere. They literally followed him around. Um, and so for us, like, what are our primary influences? Are we being influenced and are we listening to him through the word? Are we listening to him through prayer? Are we listening to Jesus in the context of biblical community? Because if we're not around him and we're not listening to him, you're not following Jesus, you're following something else or you're following somebody else. Uh, you're following somebody else's idea of what your life should look like. So you need to follow Jesus. Uh, you need to become like him. That has to do with your heart. 
Like, are your desires, are your loves being changed and rearranged according to the priorities of Jesus? And then are you engaging in his mission? Are you going and making disciples? Are you engaged in seeing the kingdom come in the place that you live, work, or play? Um, and so um, that's our definition. And then we want to say, okay, how can I help you, which would be disciple making? How do I help you? listen to Jesus, to follow him? How do I help you become more like him? And how can I help you engage in the mission that he's called you to? What would you say, maybe one of the highlights, you know, or kind of like cool, cool things that have happened as you guys have engaged in this method of disciple making? For me, one of the most exciting things is seeing when, uh, when other people see fruit in the ministry that God has called them to. Um, and so, uh, for example, one of our uh, members of our original kind of prayer group or our core group when we we're praying about starting Citizen House, uh, they launched kind of that first other micro church. And earlier this year, they were able to have a baptism party in their backyard and baptize two people. And they have people in their group that, that they've been praying for for years that they would have never thought would come to church or engage in spiritual conversations. And here they are with this community of people. You know, I, I went and bought a, a trough that I can cart around in the back of my giant van um, to different micro churches. And I drop off this, this, this trough and, and they, they hold a baptism party in my backyard. So when I see others having fruit in their own ministry that God has called them to, man, that, that fires me up. Um, and it encourages me and inspires me and challenges me to say, how can we help more people do that? How can we have more people see gospel fruit in the very specific places that the Lord would have them go and make disciples? Man, that's amazing. What would you say, Carlos, um, to someone who's currently like wanting to explore this sort of kind of expression of the church, but is kind of like afraid to take that jump. What would you say to them? The first thing, so I tend to ask people a lot of questions. So, so when you say uh, exploring micro church or exploring maybe even these discipleship movements, I would probably in that person, or maybe if that's you that's listening, I'd ask you, are you, are you exploring the concept of doing church differently or are you considering being obedient to the place that Jesus has called you to go to? And I think those are a little bit of two different conversations. And the reason I say that is as we've engaged in this mission a little bit more and helped a few more people um, start micro churches, I have a lot of conversations with people that are exploring concepts, but they want to know about the concepts and they're interested in what's happening but I'm not sure if they really feel a call towards a particular people or actually want to engage in that mission. It's more about this knowledge of, okay, it's interesting that you're doing church differently. It's interesting as a model, but it's not my heart is burdened to see the gospel penetrate this person who I know, who I love, or this neighborhood who I know and who I love. So if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody and they're, um, they're maybe thinking about these things, my first question is, who are the people that the Lord has burdened you for? And if, if those people or that place that he has burdened you for is coming from Jesus, is coming from the Holy Spirit, then I would encourage them to say, if that's the case, then the Holy Spirit will give you all the resources and all the tools that you need to go and disciple them. Um, Jesus in the Great Commission says, go and make disciples of all nations, and behold, I'm with you always. 
Um, and so if they really are feeling a burden to go and do that and go and make disciples, man, then that fear will be driven out when we remember and when we remind ourselves and have other people reminding us that the Holy Spirit is with you and he gives you the resources to penetrate that community with his gospel. Um, and so again, I'm going to say, God has given you what you need to go and do that. Now go. And my hope is, Hey, whether it's citizen house or maybe it's another established church or another network, make sure that you're around a community of people who are helping you stay healthy and holding you accountable to be obedient to the thing that God has called you to do. Um, because although I believe God is calling us into these new places, I don't believe he does that just for us to go do that by ourselves. And so, yes, go do it. You are equipped. You are empowered. At the same time, you yourself have a community or have some other people around you that are going to challenge you and going to encourage you because it's going to be hard. It will be scary. The enemy will come after you. And so you need to be grounded and have a community of people supporting you as you engage in that mission. And I love that. Like there's two questions of, is this just a knowledge-based thing that you want to know about or is this more of an internal or heart thing that you want to actually um pursue and if so well the holy spirit's going to lead you in that and I, I love that as we begin to wrap up this episode and we do have another episode with you so stay tuned people that's going to be awesome um, but as we wrap up this particular episode with you is there any final comments you would like to give to our listeners and how could they connect with citizen house Potentially follow you guys on your journey of planting micro churches. As far as final thoughts, uh, for those who might be listening to this and maybe, like you said, considering micro church or considering maybe doing discipleship and ministry in a new way, I would encourage you to spend some time in listening prayer, to spend some time in silence, to, to listen to Jesus and, and see if you can hear from him. Who are the people that he's sending you to? Um, going back to that last question, I'm going to kind of stick there. The truth is somebody can know very little about micro church models or, you know, discipleship movement, man, that, that language and that stuff, it doesn't matter a whole lot. But if, if you hear Jesus tell you to go and make disciples in your neighborhood or make disciples of these people that he's called you to, and you're obedient to it, the natural result will be the emergence of things like simple churches or micro churches or, or some sort of disciple making movement. And so my, my encouragement maybe to listeners is um, maybe instead of listening to another podcast, as great as this podcast is, or reading another book, as great as the books are, if you're not doing so already, spend some time listening to Jesus and ask him, who is he placing on your heart to go and implement these things with? So that would be my, be my challenge. Uh, if anybody would like to learn more about, what we're doing at Citizen House. Um, of course, you know, there's a website, citizenhouse.org. The truth is we're probably more active, probably more info on social media. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, uh, Citizen House DFW uh, is our handles there. But thanks thanks again for having me on and sharing a little bit. And I pray that all of us, um, man, will just be obedient and see fruit uh, that derives from the power of the spirit. And we've, we've enjoyed having you on here. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Keeping It Simple. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned as we release episodes each Wednesday. We'd appreciate it if you would like, review, share, and subscribe our podcast. 
Thank you for listening. 